Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, this is Kyle, an above-average engineer. This is Nick, one of the finest bean counters you've ever seen. And Brent, uh, I have a master's and work at a zoo. Nice, nice. And, and this is, if I may, episode two. Uh, let's go. Uh, first, I was thinking, well, let's let's start with a little bit of uh, life updates. Uh, for me personally, uh, got my wife uh, got a I got my wife. Uh, my wife got a job in Colorado and accepted it, so uh, we're all good to go there. Uh, for those who might not know, um, trans my company that I'm working for is transferring me over to uh, Boulder, Colorado. So very excited, and uh, we wife has a job now. So definitely good news there. Thank you. Very exciting uh, stuff. Yeah, uh, if I may, isn't transferring usually a bad thing? Like when you have to transfer schools because you that, that is a good got point. bad grades. No, no, this is a requested transfer. Uh, my wife and I, because she's a she's a educator. Uh, during her spring break, we went out there to uh, say hi and suck up a little bit and uh, check out Boulder, and it was awesome. If, if I may, is this is this for the drugs? Is is that the policy in Colorado? Is that, so is that okay, what fun fact: my my grandma she's she's starting to get Alzheimer's a little bit. So this last weekend for Memorial Day, we all hung out and we're like, okay, the tenth time grandma asks why we're moving out to Colorado, we're switching the story and just going straight for marijuana. So so we did that and it was it was fantastic. So if, like the the tenth time my grandma asked, so why, why are you guys going out there? We're like, oh, for the marijuana, grandma. Th- there's there's drugs, so that's always yep good. yep legalized. If drugs. if I may, thank you, Kyle, for this uh, weekend as well. My parents were. Very surprised to find out that in Washington, because moving to Seattle, <laughs> um, that's also marijuana is legal, and, and they did not know that. And <laughs> I, I actually couldn't get a good read on them, but I, I don't know. Your mother thank was you for genuinely that. surprised. I I, I'm, I'm surprised she did not know. Yeah, Nick, Nick wasn't there, but we were hanging out at my, my parents' place, and yeah, Brent's parents were completely clueless of the fact that marijuana is also legal in Washington, where Brent is moving. They're like, Which is, is it? What, is it just Seattle? Nope, the entire state. I think and Oregon maybe too. I don't know. It, that could make for some very interesting or boring podcasts, depending how you look at it. I guess. Yes, yes. So stay tuned in the future for uh, Brent and Kyle uh, doing legal things. Uh, maybe. It's just know. gonna be boring. It's gonna be mad. It's gonna. Be <laughs> I'll have to host, and you guys will just do whatever it Brent, is. Yeah, Nick will have to carry for sure. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, congrats again on, on Colorado. It's going to be really fun. Beautiful area. Absolutely. Uh, in my life, I have some wedding planning going on, which is a uh, an adventure in and of itself. Um, certainly exciting thinking about all the things to come, but um, the logistics behind it are a bit of a pain. And uh, I'm sure many people have gone through that and come out alive on the other side. So we will as well. Um, I live. If, if I may, and... I live through it. Kyle, <laughs> I, Kyle, I survived wedding planning 2016. <laughs> Kyle, may you share some tips you might have for Nick on his wedding planning experiences? Uh, yeah, if I may, do not let uh, your mother send out save the date cards because she will send them to everybody, including 12 coworkers. I'm like, uh, <laughs> Mom, you you realize how much money 12 coworkers of your coworkers equals, and uh, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I have a pretty good lock on uh, the situation, given that my, um, you know, not, not the core of my job by any means, but a lot of my job is working with data and working with spreadsheets. So I'm already having the discussions with Megan to work out the, the details and organize the information in a manner that can be quickly and easily, you know, you know how many beans you got and you're not going to go over that many beans. Exactly. So I'm working out those details and figuring it out. And, um, when it's all said and done, I should have some, some pretty cool stuff that I can showcase as far as if there's ever any questions and how the data is organized and spreadsheets are my, are my thing. So, uh, as long as I can organize it in a manner that makes sense and we can make sure that we communicate and figure out all the details will be, will be just fine. I, I'm actually not concerned at all about the wedding planning. It's more just the logistics of figuring out what the venues are, how many people are actually coming once we have accepted invites, what, uh, how much food to provide on a per person basis to you, et cetera, et cetera. Buffet style or individual. Yeah. All that good stuff. So that's, that's been my, my recent obsession. You know, I, I feel like that can make a really interesting either business opportunity or blog or something, you know, accountant approaching wedding planning. It's a different way of thinking about it. You should blog about it for sure. Cause, cause you have spreadsheets. I mean, I don't, People come in with spreadsheets, but just being able to to really take a lot of the the pure emotion that comes with wedding planning, taking out of the equation and just going by the numbers. I was going to say there is there is no emotion. There are only numbers. It's how many <laughs> people are coming. What do they need? What do we want to provide? How much is it going to cost? This, this I can do some pretty cool things with spreadsheets. So when this is all said and done, uh, this damn thing's going to sparkle. In, in this world, you're either a, a one or a zero. You're a one. Or, you're there. You're not one or a zero. That's that's all we are. Numbers. Well, that's that's a little blunt, sir. If if I may, um, you know, each person's account string is is you know consists of several digits. You may be a one in one category, certainly, but you'll be a zero in another. You know, it, it takes a lot of <laughs> a lot of digits. As long as you're a one, we're in where it counts. Oh, yeah, yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> Well, well, my life is just boxes and chaos and more boxes as we're packing up to move out next week uh, to Seattle. I mean, I'm really excited to get out there, but this is probably the absolute worst part, as you'll find out soon, Kyle, the worst part of, of moving that the boxes. I've, I've been everywhere. slowly buying uh, plastic Tupperware from Walmart, the uh, cheapest $4 in some sense bins I can find. I mean, I close my eyes and I see boxes. It's just, you can't <laughs> so get away are, are from you, If I Are you buying boxes or are you, what are you doing? Salvaging boxes? boxes? So uh, a quick plug for a company that I know you're very familiar with, Nick, but the Home Depot it gives out, I think you can buy boxes for pretty cheap uh, somewhere else. Yeah, but if you buy boxes, you're making a mistake. When you go to Home Depot, you need to talk to the people who are in the receiving department and every single day in the receiving department, uh, the Home Depot associates take what I will describe as hundreds of boxes of new product and simply put them in a giant crushing machine. Um, if you ask a receiving associate uh, at the beginning of the day to collect a number of boxes and you stop by later, um, you can probably get a ton of different boxes of different sizes uh, for, for free. Um, yeah, you, you just need to, to find some sort of manufacturing plant nearby and yeah. ask them to hook you, you have up. To be, you have to be sociable and you have to you know, not try and impose too much as far as asking for specifics. 
Give me your boxes. I need this to hold them up. I need, yeah, I need all your boxes. Only refrigerator sized or bigger. Right. So if you're not looking for specific sizes or, or, or granted needs that you just need boxes in general, um, you can actually figure something out. The specific box you should get is the clothes hanging box. That box wow. is awesome. Have you seen that box? I, I have. I don't like those. Like, what? They're great for, but outside of that, I'd rather save the space and fold everything up. Oh, I think those are so the, cool looking. Get hung up, it is really cool, but for the sake of space management, you're you're you have a lot of space in that box that's not being utilized. That's Sorry. where the shoes okay. go. All right, if I may, let's let's move on to one of our first uh, topics here. I'll I'll grab one of mine. Is the a Raspberry Pi slash Retro Pi? So I don't know if you uh, just a quick background. A Raspberry Pi is like a, essentially a mini computer, and there's a ton of stuff you can do with them. One of my favorites at the moment is using a, a program called RetroPie to uh, play retro video games off of the Raspberry Pi. So uh, you can literally take this thing, and this is all very Google Googleable, but you can take the thing, uh, and and on an S eight gigabyte micro SD card, you can put the entire. Nintendo uh, if I system. if I may if I may, can you explain what the hell that is? What the hell what is? What the SD five six three zero please. A micro SD card. It's what you put in your phone for storage. Most people with a cell phone should know what a micro SD card is. But the way you said it... You have an iPhone, so it's understandable. You guys have to pay $300 extra for two two gigs of storage. iTunes, Master Race, you know, whatever. (laughs) So you get a micro SD card, 8 gig, and you can put the entire Nintendo Entertainment System library on it. The entire Super Nintendo library on it. And even the entire N64 library on it, plus you have 75% of the room left on it. So it is it is fantastic, and I've been having a lot of fun with that, playing some uh, retro games. Uh, currently, I have it in a mini. Se- I have one in a mini setup, where I can just uh, you can you can buy them online for like 80 bucks. You can get the computer itself with a little case with all the cables and stuff you'll need to hook it up to your TV. Top top three retro games. Go. Ooh. This is a good one for all of us. I would say Zelda, the original Zelda's got to be up for the, up there for the Nintendo. Uh, the N64 Mario Kart, that was always a fave. What do you guys got? You, got, you guys got anything? Oh, no, are we going to are we going to do it one per system, like the the three systems or are we going to do just just top anything? Three I think you do anything. Anything. I, Oh, if I may, Kyle, you only said two, so I, I, did. I need one more from you. So, if I may, I guess I'll go with, on the Sega Genesis, the original, not the movie version, but the original Power Rangers game, I played the shit out of that game, and it's it's just like a fighting game, but it is super fun. Nicely done. Mr. Mister Brent, would you uh, like to add your three favorite retro games? Uh, I I would love to. Uh, I'm gonna do only two different consoles. I'm gonna start with the Nintendo, where I'd like to start off with Super Mario Bros. Three, one of the greatest that Mario is, games that is a good one. Um, of all time. Um, I then would go with my personal favorite game, uh, Tecmo Super Bowl. Ooh, uh, Bo Jackson, Thurman Thomas. Uh, well, that's the that is the, the way that, that, that game. If I may, I think you're referring to Super Tecmo. Oh yeah, or no? Uh, is it no, Tecmo Bowl? Tecmo or is it, Super Bowl. It's Tecmo, Tecmo Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. You're right, you're right. The original Tecmo is Tecmo Bowl. Bowl. The 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 remix or the the sequel is is better. 
by just by their, you have a lot more both plays. Yeah. yeah. And then for third, I'm going to jump into the N64 uh, and go with, uh, let's see, probably Super Smash Brothers or or ooh, Golden. Ooh, I don't know about I that because I, th- I think the uh, GameCube's Super Smash Brothers is better. Melee. But it, it laid down all that track. You know, it, it, it was the one, the foundation for one of the greatest fighting series of all time. So Dream that's Dana. debatable. That is debatable. I, I'll probably go GoldenEye and uh, 64. There's just so many good memories with that game, and and even though like when you play it now, it looks really tough. Like it's just and hard the controls to watch. are garbage compared to modern Makes games. Makes you feel sick. It just playing that growing up, you were James Bond and you had a golden gun, and it was just glorious. Even though Nick kicked my butt in it. Countless times. I was, I was gonna say a couple couple notes there. Number one, uh, the GameCube, at least in my mind, uh, not retro yet. Um, uh-uh. If you're a little bit younger, um, maybe it is or older. I guess depending on how, depends how you look at it. Um, as far as uh, GoldenEye, I, I would put that in my my top three games for retro. Um, and Brent, don't uh, never fear. Uh, you were one of many in a long, long list of people who bragged and said uh, they were the best at GoldenEye and they never lost. And I went to a school where video games and the ability to play them was highly touted. And uh, I, I still stand undefeated, having gone to Michigan Tech, playing GoldenEye on a regular basis. And it's not like there are too many women there to chase after, so a lot of us just played video games all the time. And uh, yeah, many a many a competitor came to the table and said, "Oh yeah, Goldeneye, I never lose, or I'm the best in my hall, and uh, I, I stand undefeated." Let the record state. Uh, not to say that I can't be beat. I'm sure that I could. And God, I haven't played it in forever. But um, for top I'll three games, now. I'm Goldeneye up there. I will put uh, Mario Kart, or in recent years, uh, it's become Birio Kart, is always a classic, and then. There are a lot of other good ones, but when I think retro gaming, uh, I remember the first game I played when I got a Super Nintendo uh, was as a child and uh, learning to play the uh, Super Mario game there. I don't even know what the official name was. It was just the standard Super Mario that came with the Super Nintendo. And uh, I can think through Super the first Mario levels. World? Yeah, Yoshi, how many, how many times... No, but how many how many times I played those first couple levels and I got really good at, at running through them and as a kid I don't think I ever actually beat it which kind of frustrates me looking back because I I played it for so long and 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 tried really hard and you know you're a kid and you're not very good at it and you, you you learn little things here and there and you grow up and by the time I was able to beat the game I had already you know moved on to other games but I went back and and, and did beat it at one point and got a little satisfaction out of that and I couldn't remember looking back where I had been hung up exactly uh, but I, I enjoyed going through that and kind of strolling down memory lane but uh, good good topic a lot of, a lot of old games that you know we could tell probably a fair fair number of stories about uh, I, if I, I apologize uh, give me one second I'll be right back keep going oh oh boy uh, laundry most likely so <laughs> when we're thinking retro gaming would you say we could count computer gaming as well because I feel like the original StarCraft or Age of Empires, Age of Mythology, Rollercoaster Tycoon mm-hmm. are all games that could be retro in my mind and be up there with some of the, the classic Nintendo oh, yeah. Sega no. games. 
No doubt. I, I miss I miss playing a lot of those. The roller coaster tycoon was was a hilarious game. Um, you start out trying to you know legitimately play it, and by the time you've played it for a while, you're building roller coasters yourself that purposely send people careening into the sky, and they all die. So that was quite the adventure. Age of Empires, and uh, I was a huge fan of Age of Mythology when that came out, and I played played that a lot so no, I, I would say yeah those computer games that are old you can absolutely you know classify as retro um yeah it's just how long it's been been out there but um i, I think we we should probably save the gaming topics for, in specifics related to that too for a later podcast uh with with kyle gone uh, i'm back I think I'd like i'm back do. if i may oh no, no 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 i i would say i though, apologize like, it was better than laundry though it was a 3d printer oh i thought it was like pizza rolls too that could have been worth it no so i was thinking too like how impactful this stuff was you don't realize that video games can change a life like my one of my favorite games if not one of my favorite computer games growing up was zoo tycoon and i'm gonna be working at a zoo so one plus one you know now i definitely worked out for you have have you ever played that game though where you make this giant exhibit full of like african savannah you have your gazelles and your zebras and your giraffes all living in peaceful harmony. And then it's time for the lions, and it's just African savannah time. Oh, so much fun. I have never played Zoo Tycoon. Yeah, no, never played that version. Really? That's probably why you're not working at a zoo. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm just, we were just talking, Kyle, about if computer games could be counted as retro, or would you even say like PlayStation? Is that still yeah. part of the retro category now, or is that? Because yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How many years ago does equal does it equal retro? Ten? Because if you if you no, it's got to be more than ten. It, I, hope. I would say it has to be more than that. Because the Xbox 360, its lifespan was what, like fifteen years, something ridiculous like that. Yeah. yeah, it's still pretty pretty modern. I I have a hard time kind of drawing a line because it's so much of a personal bias. You know, growing up, it was like, well, what we we're playing. Nintendo was retro, but then I'd even go up to N64 being retro, even though that's what we grew up with. But then GameCube, which was probably my glory years of like high school, middle school gaming kind of thing. I can't consider that retro yet because I think part of me doesn't want to admit that, oh my gosh, I'm old and the system that I sort of modernly grew up with is also old, even though I think it's well over a decade and a half now. Maybe, you know, it's, it's old. One game I totally forgot to mention, Pokemon. Oh, yes. Orig- OG Red and Blue. Blue being better, Squirtle being the best starter. Yellow. Yellow, Pikachu. I mean, oh, yellow, man. you get all three starters, so that's a little little bit of a cheat there. It, if I may, I just I feel like we could just do an episode on, on this video game. That was <laughs> right. that my point. I, I agree with what Nick was saying earlier, honestly. like We could go down this rabbit hole all night, because there's... I mean... I didn't play this when I was a kid, but Oricana of Time, like, I found that Ocarina through the... of Time? Ocarina, sorry, I apologize. I never played it growing up, so I didn't know. But that's another awesome game, and it's just like I haven't discovered till later, but it's really hard to definitively pick three of your top favorite retro games. So that was talk about the Raspberry Pi and how you can use it to play retro games portably. Uh, what I was going, what I was going for off of that is I, I, I have it as like a its own standalone system kind of deal. But I'm now making the pet Raspberry Raspberry Pi Zero W, which is like a wireless mini version, into a portable 
uh, handheld, like uh, smaller than a Game Boy SP, you know, Game Boy Advanced SP. So very excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly the tangent we went on. We <laughs> we we hit that on the head. Fifteen we, minutes we, later, just down that rabbit hole. <laughs> right, we're, we're we're getting there. Yeah. yeah. All right. So if we can uh, jump to the next topic, uh, just wanted to kind of jump into uh, what's what's going on in the world around us. And right now we have some extreme heat. Uh, ironically, last month we had some uh, record snowfalls in, in April. And you're jumping from April where you got a storm that went through the Midwest and, you know, a lot of areas dropped more than more than a foot and a half. And, you know, somewhere, some areas even more than that, like two feet. And, and now you're sitting here a, a month later, roughly, and the temperature driving home from this last uh, Memorial Day weekend hit 103 in the Twin Cities. So um, you're looking at this extreme heat and cold, and you know you, you can't help but scratch your head, and you're, you're thinking global warming. And um, I'm curious, what are what are your thoughts? I guess I, I look at, I'll give my two cents first, if you don't mind. I, I look at the the history of uh, recorded history of weather because obviously we can only uh, you know compare what we've seen historically and it's it seems to be getting uh more aggressive it seems to be the there's more variation in the weather historically you look at the numbers and sure there are some spikes here and there but in the last number of years uh, there seems to be more hurricanes there seems to be more forest fires there seems to be this but then I, I guess the few times I've, I've looked at the data that was, again, that was provided, I don't take the time to go look this up myself, um, the numbers may not be that much more. I, it may actually be the news coverage, and then I'm kind of confused with respect to, okay, th- there are scientific facts and people you know, in Washington and other areas of the world who are, are pushing for things that are probably good for everybody uh, to, to limit you know, all of the industrial effects to the environment and everything that goes with that. But what are, what are your thoughts on is global warming occurring? Is it directly affecting everything or is it an evolutionary thing where the state of the planet doesn't remain the same for all that long and change is inevitable? Um, I guess I, I, part of the thought train or train of thought that I had with this was uh, driving home. I saw a, a billboard for a religious organization, and not to rip religion, but the billboard basically had like you know the circle with a cross or like a, a slash through it, you know, for like a do not enter type thing. That had a picture of like the evolutionary chain of you know monkeys to men kind of thing, and it said uh, no in the in the beginning God created, and then it said call one eight hundred something 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 for truth. And I'm just sitting there shaking my head thing. Okay, well, I don't believe in creation in that sense. I think, you know, there may be a creation aspect, but to assume that evolution doesn't exist is, is kind of, if a, I may, a if approach. I may, if I may, I feel like we're, we're getting onto a couple of different things here between evolution and global warming. Um, and just to go to your global warming spot um, as environmental educator, this is one of the big things that, we are taught and are encouraged to teach about and explain. And, and the big deal with it is, I think on average, maybe our temperature's only gone up maybe 1.5 or so degrees Fahrenheit, which you think isn't a lot, but if you think about it, um, that really is like 
if we are in Wisconsin right now and we're used to cold winters, warm summers, that would be like we shifted up our weather patterns to be more like, say, Illinois. And eventually it's going to be, for Wisconsin itself, it's going to be like our weather patterns, our climate. So so kind of a difference here, a lot of people in their arguments focus on, on weather. Weather is just like what's happening outside on that day. Mm-hmm. So, so that's we're going to get extremes like we had this weekend where it's going to be 100 degrees Fahrenheit. That's not necessarily global warming. That's just it's really hot out. But it's what is that average that climate is like. And when you think climate, you think of while well, you go up to Antarctica, it's always a freezing climate. While you go up to the tropics like Caribbean, it's going to be a warm tropical climate. But what we're finding is that in I going to throw out like 20 years, but there's obviously or uh, this is a, if I may fact toyed, but our climate is going to be shifting so, to be more so, like so not proven whatsoever. No, it is like proven. It's proven. It's, it's proven. It's, it's, it's that just I don't. Source. It's that I don't have my sources, and I, I wasn't prepared. As of course, why would I be? But is that the our climate is going to be more like an Arkansas or Tennessee, even like North Texas, within 20, 30, 50 years. So all of a sudden, these weather, like the winter weathers we have, we're, we're finding is that it's just shifting everything. So species that, like snowy owls, that live up in, we see in Wisconsin um, in the wintertime because it's cold enough. Well, if we're not getting those cold winters because our climate is like the average of what it, our winters are, has gotten up to a point, those species are going to be pushed for, further north. I mean, when they you think of all the advertisements they're doing, it's like the polar bears and how their ice is melting. Well, that's what's happening here is that with our global temperatures going up, that we're pushing everything farther north. And for some species that rely on colder climates that they had for thousands of years, that there that might not exist. So um, if, I, which, if I may, if if I may. I'd like to play devil's advocate here, and please note that these don't ref- reflect my my personal beliefs in any way, shape, or form. But in in the name of playing devil's advocate, when you look at the history of the Earth, we can acknowledge that we know of, based on the geography of the planet, of of ice ages having historically occurred, and before the ice ages, or at least one ice age, uh, the dinosaurs ruled the planet uh, we have you know science behind that and I, I think we can as reasonable individuals know that at one point dinosaurs dinosaurs were the the dominant species on the planet something happened there's a lot of speculation and scientific you know uh, hypotheses with respect to to what changed uh, the meteor hitting the planet putting a ton of dust uh, and, and you know whatever dirt whatever in into the atmosphere and blocking out the sun and essentially sending the planet into an ice age is is one of the prominent theories um but my my point in in this with respect to the global warming um is if you take the emotion out of it and trying to save these beautiful um creatures who who are alive and vibrant and thriving in in one area is the dinosaurs were wiped out naturally by the planet it was a form of evolution the the creatures that survived survived and then learned to thrive so how is it and i if i I may there's i guess there's piping in here there's there's a couple things 
at play here. Number one, uh, yes, uh, the Earth's climate does change itself over time. I think the I forget uh, ice ages happen because every couple thousand years or something like that, or tens of thousands of years, the polar the magnetic north and south pole do flip. Uh, there, there's and actually, if you look online, you can see there's people that graph out where magnetic north is, which isn't directly on top of the planet as it would be for like a globe, but it's slightly off. Uh, in the Midwest, we're actually kind of lucky where it's in line with north. So when we use a compass, we can use it naturally and don't have to care too much. But in other parts of the world, you actually have to correct for that. So the the but that does wander over time. And if you look online, there's there's charts of where it has where it is on the planet and it moves and you can see it moving and it, eventually they will flip and that does typically trigger an ice age um the so with the dinosaurs with the the prominent theory being the asteroid the reason that happened or obviously an asteroid hit the earth but the reason that it killed off the dinosaurs is because the asteroid put a huge amount of particles into the atmosphere which then blocked out the sun acting as essentially a greenhouse heating the earth immensely and then therefore uh, causing a ton of, essentially doing a global warming to the extreme very, very quickly, which animals aren't able to adapt to. And that's Mm -hmm. why the majority of, you know, all the dinosaurs died off with the exception of a couple little lizards here and there, which are surviving today. The other thing is back then, the oxygen levels in the atmosphere were way higher. So that's why animals could uh, grow to be such a big size because their oxygen, the oxygen percentage in the air was much higher right now it's what 20 30 percent something like that back then it was like 60 70 so we could not live like if we just teleported back in time to the dinosaur time we wouldn't be having a good time because the human body isn't evolved to survive in that kind of environment and and nick to uh, to go on farther with that point the reason that this thing is happening this global warming this extinction that's going on right now is such a big deal is that dinosaurs when they they died. It was, it was natural. It was a natural thing. This extinction rate, which has happened probably in the last 100, 200, 300 years, this is caused by human activity. It's yeah, so- to put an analogy. To put an analogy, if I if I may, just a quick analogy. Uh, think about it like this. So, we use fossil fuels as a way to get around. Um, you know, plastics. We're releasing these harmful chemicals in the air. They're helping us get along, right? It's it's kind of like if you're cleaning. You know when you're cleaning, they say you can use bleach to clean out, but then you can also clean stuff with ammonia. And if you have the brilliant idea, you know, I could be more effective if I take these two cleaning chemicals and combine them together and I get this super cleaning formula. Uh, but that reaction, bleach and ammonia, mix them together, that causes um, chlorine gas, which is harmful to us. But at the same time, here we are cleaning and getting a super clean kitchen but we're killing ourselves while doing it. That's kind of what the big deal about this global warming and these extinction events is happening. So, is that we so are, it's, it's not the fact that there is change, killing it's the ourselves, rate of change. Human. Yeah, so I, I, I agree entirely, but if, if I may, again, playing devil's advocate, not, not my personal beliefs, but does, does mankind have the hubris to say that we are above evolution? We are above natural selection we are above those processes the thought being that okay if mankind is doing something like this where it's self-destructive 
hypothetically, and again, taking all emotion out of it, taking all humanity, if you will, out of it, uh, looking purely at the... If I may, if I may that's what would happen, is if we keep going down this path, we will be taking all of humanity out of it. Oh, no, I, I agree. But is it right? Is it wrong? Is Is mankind good for the universe uh, again complete devil's advocate just kind of asking asking those questions and what's what's controlling and uh, is it is what's happening on the planet it's it's what defines natural you know if if the dinosaurs took over and as they took over all the big dinosaurs ate the little dinosaurs and there weren't any more little dinosaurs is there some sort of pity party for the little dinosaurs or is it just kind of like well now the big dinosaurs are start to start to die out, and the ones who are smaller, who need less to live, can can figure it out. I mean, it's, it, I'm just looking at the the changing of the environment. I know it's man-made. I know it's all of that, but in the end, the world keeps turning. In the end, you know, it, it all it all keeps happening. And and you can go in you know bigger theories with respect to leaving the planet or finding other in, inhabitable areas, and you can go into the matrix discussion with respect to uh, humanity as a plague. You know, humanity is a virus. Um, interesting stuff, way way beyond my my initial intent of the global warming discussion. But um, I, I do like hearing the different uh, different angles and the different views on that. So thank you for your educational points there uh, with your uh, masters and all your knowledge of the zoo and all the teaching you've done for kids. I know it's been pretty extensive. So uh, good good to hear. Thank you. No, I, and I I would say that it's one of those things where the world will keep turning. I mean. We're going to be putting the world back upwards of million year, millions of years, for all we know, in terms of evolutionary progress that it may or may not have made, depending on if you think of humans as evolutionarily high. But, I mean, the world will keep spinning, and eventually it will find itself back to kind of a balance, but we're just not going to be part of that. And I think that's where a lot of the concern comes from, is the actions that we have are literally opposite of what we would do to survive um and i feel like we talked to this one pretty good but i you know you think this hot talk and you know this, extreme, cold, this extreme heat that's coming out uh, especially from this weekend and it made me think of kind of something that i i was doing um with the weather and that was i got a haircut i need one so bad a whole having a whole mug of hair like i was just floppy and getting that gone has lightened me it's made me faster but it's also made me much cooler um and i just i, I don't know temperature wise clearly if i may oh both just in everything just in life um i wore a sweatband still today so i, I wear a sweatband to track practice and uh it doesn't work as well with short hair that's one of the downsides so I, I i myself have been lucky in the sense that I have a pretty good head of hair. My dad has a good head of hair. My grandfather on my dad's side has a had a great head of hair all the way up to, until he passed away. At what point do you shave your head if you don't have that? I, you know, I got to say, you got to just, just got to go with it. Until as, it as, a man, as a man who has slightly thinning hair on the top of his head. Uh, <laughs> slightly. My, uh, shut up. Actually, no. Uh, my my grandfather on my mother's side, which is allegedly where the hair comes from, uh, did have hair until the day he died, um, and it wasn't you know some crazy comb over job or anything. It was it was thin, but it was clearly on the top of his head. Um, 
my personal thought is um, as it thins out, if it thins out beyond a certain point, um, and I, I feel like I have a pretty, a pretty good gauge of it, I'm just going to shave my head entirely. Um, I, I don't think bald looks bad. Uh, I have blonde hair to begin with, so um, it, it's, it's thin, it's, it's blonde. You can see my head through short hair, which is how I kept it historically anyway. Um, I think the last time I had long hair was, gosh, in elementary school, maybe middle school. Um, my mother liked it that way. I never did. And then as soon as I committed to being an athlete, high school i absolutely just did the athlete look where i buzzed it and the maintenance is so fantastic and i, I just i've always liked my hair that way so if i may um, I, I have the problem where i'll let myself get like little you know quote unquote hair tourettes where like my hair is poking myself in the eye and i have to like twitch my head out of the way uh until i have to cut my hair and that's bad i, sh- I need to cut my hair now before i get to that point <laughs> the, the thing that gets me with haircuts though is i just absolutely hate them so you go to this haircut place, whether it's a barber shop or I usually just go to like a Great Clips, which could be my problem. But you go in, it's a stranger, you don't know. They just, they ask you, what do you want? How many inches do you want taken off? I don't care how many inches of hair. Like, I don't know how long my hair is to begin with. You know, you know oh, what yeah, I, I want four inches off. I, you know, no. I say number three on the sides and as short as you can with your hands up top. Uh, faster is better. Uh, and I'll give you I'll tip you good. Yeah, and then they try talking to if you. I may, if I may, how much did you pay for this Great Clips haircut? It was $15 with the tip. But this man, while doing it, first off is like, I have small fingers. Who says they have small fingers? Who admits to that, first off? And then second, why are you telling me you have small fingers? I don't uh, care what size The best haircut I ever got was definitely from a place called The Barber Shop. Uh, I was going to say, if I may, Brent, you need to be going to the barbershop. Yes, that is the way to go. The barbershop is the only place to go. And the best haircut I ever had was there. And she actually used like a straight razor, like a a straight up razor to cut the top of my head hair. And it was awesome. It felt really weird. And at the barbershop, they also give you a massage afterward as well as a hot towel while you uh, get your hair washed. Um, And it's 15 bucks. Yep, and I hand him a twenty. Cash. That's the thing. So, so the reason why I'm hand him a twenty, it covers the tip. The thing that I'm like got me all up in arms about this was like, I get a haircut. My last haircut I got before this one was in Madison, and I asked for the same simple haircut. I want a four on the sides, blended on top. I don't actually really care what they do with it. I don't really know the difference. <laughs> I just want them to do it. That's all I want them to do, and it's the simplest haircut I feel like you could ever ask for. What you need is, and then they charge you twenty bucks. They they, no, no. It's you take your finger and you cut a couple times. It can't be that hard. Blending is not easy. Blending is a a lot more difficult. I mean, when I was when I was super young, my dad would just give us buzz cuts. You just put on the number two, and just you, it's all gone. uh, I'm number three typically myself, but I can respect a number two. Oh yeah, we just went short. But it's it's like I don't want to like why for the a simple haircut like if it's something fancy like you get me in a perm or something like yeah like charge me twenty bucks if I may if I may you've had a perm haircut. before no I'm just saying if it was a perm okay, I obviously okay. have not had one I don't have long enough hair I'm just saying like twenty bucks for a straight up haircut before the tip like for basic basic I'm not asking to make you make me look like Gordon Hayward or someone or Kevin Love just give me like. A common everyday man, quick, quick, don't talk to me. Just... I, I want enough hair where I can put product in it if I want, but not have to in the morning. Mm, no, never product. Goodness. Ugh. 
<laughs> it just it, it grinds my gears. I hate hero cards. They're just such a waste of money. Get your Griffin, everybody. You know, Brent, for five dollars, I will do your next haircut. I promise nothing um, for quality, it, but it it'll does, cost you five dollars. No, I don't even have my wife. I don't have my wife do clippers. Just have to get the back of the neck. Uh, Megan actually stabbed me the first two times she tried to help me just cleaning up the back of my neck. She didn't know what she was doing with the clippers, and um, yeah, she she bit me pretty good with the clippers. <sighs> it can't be that hard. It can't be that hard. I don't know. <laughs> Right. Whatever. Um, just a just a forewarning. Um, we would never on the show promote anything illegal, and we would not talk about it. Just to preface whatever you're going to talk about, Kyle. Well, I was going to talk if about. I may, when uh, did we agree to that? Yeah, right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't want to. I don't want to like have the feds knocking or anything like just, that. Yeah. <laughs> As I was going to go into, if I may, uh, potential closing se- segment here of maybe a TV series we'd like to binge this week. I feel like the time is flying. Uh, I I have one that I've been watching recently, and I have to recommend. It's called The Good Place. It's a sitcom. Um, I'm not going to spoil too much, but it kind of imagines a sitcom in the afterlife, and the the humor that they use in there kind of twists around um, and is absurd in ways that is just. Every little bit's funny. The dialogue's great. The actors all fill their roles really well. The Good Place. That's my recommendation for the week. If I may, I'd like to jump into mine, which is Rick and Morty. Uh, obviously, it's been out for a little bit since, I think, 2014. I've heard of it. I watched an episode with a buddy once, and we were, like, building his 3D printer while we were doing it. So, like, it was funny, but I wasn't really paying attention. This weekend, uh, slash this last week, I watched... Uh, one episode and then another and another and now i'm done with all three seasons that are available so i am ready for season four um good episode good great tv show in my opinion the first the first episode especially in the first couple it it's one of those i don't know if it's just that you have to get the comedy a little bit or you just have to kind of get into it and understand the characters I, i think it also gets a little better after the first couple but uh definitely a good show i ended up watching all three seasons that are available uh and they're they're short 20 minute episodes and there's only like 31 or so episodes total available like 10 or 11 per season so definitely a good one to binge watch watch uh if you got some time yeah if if i may um, there are a a lot of different tv shows that i would recommend to binge watch but if you're gonna binge watch something in my mind you want the closure you want you want it to be finished. So ongoing series I would try and avoid. Um, if, for example, your Game of Thrones last series hasn't uh, come out yet. Last season, excuse me. Um, we have, I guess Spartacus is one that's finished, but that's a that's a unique taste if you like the blood, gut, score, and sex and everything that goes with the These series like that. I'm going to go, I'm gonna go non-conventional, actually. Um, and although it's not finished, uh, it, it's a very different type of show uh, for those. If I, you... if I may, if I may, I'm going to talk all about how you should binge watch shows that are finished, and then promote a show that's not finished. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue. Anyway, moving on. If you're a fan of Breaking Bad, which does have a finish, and I would recommend binge watching. Thank you very much. Um, an offshoot show of, of Breaking Bad was Better Call Saul, currently available on Netflix, season one through three, I believe. Um, and Better Call Saul was 
a surprising show, uh, kind of a throwback to um, a, a very non-typical style of, of TV show. A lot of detail, a lot of a lot of really good. Uh, what's the scoring? Is that the music and the the, the, yeah, the musical noise score. in the background? The score for that TV show alone was was cool. Not because it's super elegant or classic or you know crazy beat bopping, but just just how well it's done. Uh, the actors I thought did a fantastic job. Um, if if you liked Breaking Bad and you liked some of the characters involved there, uh, highly recommend checking out Better Call Saul. It's a little bit slow to start, as with most good shows, um, but the 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 storyline and and how you know the depth of the characters. Really isn't matched anywhere that I'm seeing in television today. So that was one that was on AMC when it initially came out, and I think I watched season one and two, and I was able to uh, watch season three recently on Netflix. And I think that's a that's a pretty cool show to check out at some point if you're if you're looking for an adventure that's a little atypical. If I may, for a Breaking Bad, I don't know how it happened, but I watched I don't know how many seasons there are. Let's say there's ten seasons. I'm not sure, but I finished like season seven or something like that, where the uncle or the, the brother or whatever found the book hey, in no the back spoilers. of the toilet. No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil anything, spoiler. but the uncle, oh, uncle found a book in the back of the toilet seat and he looked at it and he got like a big revelation about uh, who the big bad guy is. And I thought that was the end of the show. Apparently there's like two more season, seasons after that. And I don't know how, but I thought that was the end and I stopped watching it. And now I realize there's like two more seasons I need to watch and I haven't watched them yet. But Better Call Saul, I've heard of it. I've heard it's pretty good. I'll, I might have to check that out after I finish off Breaking Bad. I, I loved it. It was it was very well done. The character depth and development, the the stories that are going on, the, the, yeah, it was it was cool. Right. Well, that was episode two of If I May. I hope everybody enjoyed. Um, we'll definitely be coming out with a new pad, podcast every uh, Thursday. Uh, so right now you can really only find us on Anchor, uh, the app, it's a podcast app and uh, YouTube, but uh, we'll shortly be on iTunes and Google Play uh, once we figure out uh, how that works. Um, so, and if, and if I may, uh, we also have a Twitter as well, so uh, you can follow us at Zyrebust. Check Who it got out. Us a Twitter. Uh, oh my god! Oh, we had a Twitter for like a year. It's almost our universe. Flipping twit. No, <laughs> it's it's worth it. It's gonna. Okay, well, follow Brent there anyway. No, no, it's <laughs> Brent will be twitting for Zyrebust. It's all of us. Follow all of us. See you guys next time. All right. Bye.